So I have a um, really nice intro that Stacy's husband, Terry, wrote for her. So, yeah. Stacy is an amazing wife, mother, and lover of Jesus Christ. With five of her six children in college, Stacy recognizes her desperate need for God to intervene in the lives of her family. So three years ago, she and her daughter-in-law began keeping a prayer journal to record and celebrate how God is working in our family. It has been an incredible joy to see how God answers her specific prayers. Though not always the answers we were hoping for, we always saw God work in ways that were surprising and led to him being glorified and our best good. A verse that epitomizes Stacy is 3 John 1.4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So, Stacy. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I joined, ooh. I've joined the big leagues here. Look at I got one of these things. Well, here I am. Uh, wow, that was such a nice intro. I wasn't expecting that. So that was just really sweet. Um, so yeah, I've been married uh, for a little over 29 years. I am a mother of six children. I have three boys and then have three girls. My oldest son is 27. He's married to Hannah, who's here. And I have three grandchildren. Uh, Terry and I have been attending GCF for oh, probably a little over five years now, and we are involved in the college ministry here at the church. Absolutely love it. If you know any college students that need to be plugged in, it's my little plug, send them our way. We just, we just love that age group. It's been a lot of fun. So, so here I am. Me standing here is actually an answer to prayer. I actually prayed long ago that God would use me, allow me to get up and, and talk, and who prays for that, really? I mean, I'm standing here going, wow, why did you pray for this? But here I am, and I'm so thankful and grateful, because when I was in college, I took this class. I was a very shy kid. I mean, my mom could tell all of you here, I didn't talk to anyone until I went to nursing school. And I took the speech class, and I had to give this persuasive speech. And so I, I got up there, and, and I was going to talk about, because I was taking a nutrition class at the same time, I was going to talk about how much sugar we consume as Americans and how bad that was for us. But before I gave the talk, I made chocolate chip cookies and gave it to everyone in the class. <laughs> so as I'm talking, and I can see the professor, he's sitting there eating his cookie, and I'm talking about how much sugar we're consuming and how terrible it is. And I finished my talk, and he's only halfway through his cookie. And he says, oh, wow, okay. Well, thanks for making me feel really guilty about eating this cookie. It was really good. And I'll finish it, and I guess you get an A for my persuasive talk. But I just remember sitting there going, I kind of like this. This is actually kind of fun. And my mom has, has been a teacher for years, so she was up talking in front of a bunch of people for, well, young kids teaching math for years. And I didn't really want to be a teacher. So that's how I landed in nursing school and became a nurse and then stayed home for, for years with my kids and then jumped back into it. So a few years ago, I listened to this amazing sermon on Luke 18, 
1 through 8. I'm going to read it to you. And I'm getting old, you guys, so i got to wear my glasses so I can see what I'm reading. But this is Luke 18, 1 through 8, and it says, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because the widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So I was, I was really compelled at that time by the Holy Spirit that I really, wasn't, I really wasn't behaving like this. I wasn't coming day and night and pleading with the Lord just in my prayer life. I would, you know, shoot up a prayer here and there, an emergency would come up, or people would say, hey, pray for this. And, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll pray. But it wasn't this fervent day after day going to the Lord and, and, and pleading with him. And so I decided to go and get a prayer journal. And I said, okay, I got to get this prayer journal because I, I got to really improve my prayer life. So I thought, well, here, here, this is a good idea. Why don't you get one with a spiritual thing on it? Because I mean, that makes it really good. So this one says, you know, set your heart on things above. And that's, that's really great. And I have to tell you that the Lord's even used this. As this is just sitting out in my house, I'll walk past and I'll go, that's right. Set your heart on things above. You need to be praying. So, um, and, and then also I could convince my daughter-in-law. I said, hey, go get yourself a journal. We're going to, we're praying. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so, it was around this time, this was a few years ago, that my husband had a long-standing job, and he lost the job. And it was, it was a security that I didn't realize that I really was depending on, was the security of him having a job and having an income. And I began to wonder, what are we going to do? How are we going to, how are we going to pay our bills? Like, what are we, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, I can't support us, just me. And I was just, I just realized, I'm really trying to depend on myself and not depending on the Lord. And so we, we began praying. Terry called Dan King and said, hey, I uh, lost my job. And Dan goes, well, praise the Lord. And Terry just about dropped the phone. He says, I don't, I'm not sure if Dan King heard me right. Because I said I lost my job. And he said, no, hey, praise the Lord. We're going to see what the Lord's going to do. And then I had people in my life, and this is something I remember specifically that, that Stacy Kirshner said to me. She goes, God will not abandon you. And he, he didn't. There were moments I'm like, okay, I know that's true. I know that's true. But I feel abandoned. And when, you, and when you're suffering, you feel so alone. That's something that nobody really tells you with your suffering, that there's a loneliness that creeps in. But the Lord asks us to come to him and to be praying and to be seeking him. And so we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And you know what? 
um, as, I'm, as I'm praying, and I literally, so I'm writing, I'm writing things down. I, I started with Terry, and I just started writing. And as prayers were being answered, I started circling things. And this is amazing. Um, and, and then they just got longer. I put, here's my granddaughter, Renna. She gave me a sticker while I was praying. And so I said, I'm going to put it here, and I'm going to thank you every time I'm praying for you. But prayers were being answered, and my, my kids started to see this. And they started going, wow, look at the, whoa, God's answering prayers out of this prayer journal. So they started asking me to write things down. And a couple of my girls, they came up and they go, hey, you know, God's answering prayers, you know, out of your journal. Um, could we pray for hot guys? Like just, like some hot guys. I said, well, let's pray for hot godly guys <laughs> for you guys. And we're praying. We're praying that God will provide that for them. But they, but even they, you know, they have friends that they've said, put them in your prayer journal because they so desperately need Christ. And so we, I mean, I got a ton of stuff written in here that I'm praying for. But one specific I wanted to share with you with this, with this job loss, God provided during uh, the first job that he provided was a job called, it was Peak 7. And it actually lasted a year, but then something happened that we all know about, COVID. And this job did not last through COVID. And it's interesting when, just before COVID hit, my, one of my daughters, uh, Claire, who's here tonight, she said, there's this thing in China called COVID, and it's going to be bad. And I'm like, COVID? What are, you, what are you talking about? I go, where are you finding your information? She goes, TikTok. They go, oh. Well, that's a really good source of information, but it was, it was bad, and, and she's, she has actually said a lot of other things, and she, now she thinks she's prophetic, and, and, and nobody listens to her. <laughs> so, peak seven lasted a year, and then after peak seven, the job was gone again, but I landed a little bit better that time, because, I, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to pray, we're going to see what the Lord's going to do. And a job opened up in North Bend, over in the Seattle area. And we drove over, we looked at houses. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm going to support my husband. We're going we're gonna to move over there, even though I didn't want to. And we looked, and at the end of the day, I couldn't say yes to it. I just, I just looked at Terry and said, I want to say yes. And I, I want to support you. But I said, I, cannot, I can't say yes to this moving over here. And so he sacrificed for us and drove. He commuted for a year. We would do college group here. He'd get in his car and he'd drive over to Seattle and live there for a week and then come back. And we basically, we had our family times with a Zoom dad for a year. And it was really hard. And so during that year, I, I just remember calling Hannah and I remember saying, all right, we're going to pray. But we're not just going to pray. We're going to pray big. And, and she's like, okay. I mean, all right. So, uh, so we're, we were comparing our notes and writing things down. And I, I, got, I opened it up to Terry's name. And I said, okay, Terry, I'm going to pray for a job in Spokane. And not only am I going to pray for a job in Spokane, I'm, you know, I'm just going to throw out there, where would I want Terry to work? How about Grace Christian Fellowship? That'd be a great place to work. There's no job at Grace Christian Fellowship. But I thought, I'm going to pray anyway and just see. We'll just see what the Lord will do. 
And not only did it, and this is literally, I have this written in my journal. Um, the, the next one, thing was that I, I just said, Lord, have them come to Terry. Don't have Terry go pursuing them or asking if there's anything available. I just asked that they would come to him. And it was, it was a year later, Dave Farley calls Terry and said, hey, we got this job opening up. We'd like you to apply for it. And I remember calling Hannah. I remember her saying, is that not what you wrote in your journal? <laughs> I go, yes, it is. It was, it was, just, it was, it was just so exciting. But you know, there are also prayers in this journal that have not been answered. There's prayers that I wrote down that I had been praying for years, for years. One is that my brother would be saved, and he's not. And I've prayed since I can remember as a, as a child for him, and he's not saved. And that, I mean, that's a huge prayer. And, and sometimes we wonder, why why are you not answering? Why does heaven feel so silent with that? But I know that God answers prayer. And I know that he loves me. And I know that he wants me, just like it says here, he wants me to come to him again and again. Well, as I was studying a little bit further about, you know, why, why is it that, that Jesus is telling his disciples that you always ought to pray and not lose heart? So I, I went to the verses before that and to give me a little bit of insight. And starting at verse, so this is chapter 17, starting at verse uh, 22, uh, he says, And he said to the disciples, The days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look there and look here. Do not go out and follow them. For as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will be the Son of Man, must be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying, selling, planting and building, but on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And on that day, let one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down and take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you in the night, there will be two in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken, the other left. And they said, and they said to him, where, Lord? And he said, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. And then he says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they always ought to pray and not lose heart. And then he continues on about the widow. And at the end, he says, Nevertheless, will the Son of Man come, will he find faith on the earth? And so, you know, we, it, we, are, we are very busy in our lives. And we are, we're, we're just constantly doing this, and, and oh, I, I got to get dinner on, and I got to go pick up the kid, and I got I to do all this stuff. And, and we, we've built up for ourselves just these little kingdoms. And then when our kingdom gets disrupted, we get, we get all upset and all up in arms about this 
when what we ought to be doing is what Jesus is saying. We need to look up. We need to look up to the throne. That our Savior is on the throne. He is the Ancient of Days. And he wants us to come to him. Because he says at the end, when he comes back, is he going to find any faith on the earth? So my encouragement to you is, if you need to, I mean, I, for me, getting a prayer journal, writing it down, and nobody really tells you, or maybe it does tell you in the scriptures, but I didn't realize when I started praying it was going to be war. It is not something that just, I'm going to just read through my little thing and just checked it off and now I'm, no, it's war and it's labor. And there's times that, you know, I'll read, I'll be praying and I'll just sit down and go, Lord, I just, this is so hard because I feel, um, you know, I'm getting distracted or I've been praying for something for so long and my heart just feels just torn and but I'm just telling you, Satan hates it when you pray. And we need to be praying for each other because we are living in the last days. We are living in times with this COVID, you know, that we didn't expect the, the way things are going in our nation. And we've got to be praying for each other. It's so, so important. So my encouragement to you guys tonight is just really to leave tonight. And, and I want just that your heart would be, I need to pray. Because we are in the end and we need to pray for each other and we need to pray for those that aren't saved for opportunities for the gospel. Um, I, I, anyway, I, my heart is just that you guys would be encouraged to do that so that when Jesus comes back that he will find faith on this earth. So, so tonight, I'm going to invite Paige up. My daughter Paige uh, is a student at Whitworth. She's a music major there. And she wrote this lovely song that fits just so perfectly um, at the end of just uh, encouraging you to pray. And it's uh, from Jeremiah 29, 11. And she wrote this actually for a class. And uh, it, it, in it, it just talks about when you call, he will answer. So call to him because he will answer. Heaven isn't silent he will hear you when you call. So go ahead, Paige.
Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> um, thank you, Paige. And let's just give Stacy a round of applause. I don't think she's all got the people that. that wrote the different hymns. And there's a story in here that's just such a sweet story um, about a William McKay. And he wrote the song Revive Us Again in 1863. See, God was at work back in 1863, you guys. So, and, and even before that, right? But the chorus, the chorus, I'm not going to sing it because I'm not talented like Paige, but it, it's hallelujah, thine the glory, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, thine the glory, revive us again. But let me read this story about his life. In my own words, here's the testimony of a Scottish doctor, W.P. McKay, author of Revive Us Again. My dear mother had been a godly, pious woman, quite often telling me of a savior. And many times I had been witness of her wrestling in prayer for my soul's salvation. But nothing had made a deep impression on me. The older I grew, the more wicked I became. One day, a seriously injured laborer was brought into the hospital. The case was hopeless. He seemed to realize his condition, for he was fully conscious, and asked me how long he would last. I gave him my opinion in as, in as cautious a manner as I could. Have you any relatives whom you could notify? I continued. The patient shook his head. His only wish was to see his landlady, because he owed her a small sum, and he wished to bid her farewell. And he also requested his landlady send him the book. I went to see him on my regular visits, at least once a day. What struck me most was the quiet, almost happy expression constantly on his face. After the man died, some things about the deceased affairs were to be attended to in my presence. What shall we do with this? Asked the nurse, holding up the book in her hand. What kind of book is it? I asked. The Bible of the poor man. As long as he was able to read it, he did so, and when he was unable to do so anymore, he kept it under his bed. I took the Bible, and could I trust my eyes? It was my own Bible. The Bible which my mother had given me when I left my parents' home, which later, when short of money, I sold for a small amount. My name was still in it, written in my mother's hand. With a deep sense of shame, I looked upon the precious book. It had given comfort and refreshing to an unfortunate man in his last hours. It had been the guide to him into eternal life so that he had been enabled to die in peace and happiness. And this book, the last gift of my mother, I had actually sold for a ridiculous price. Be it sufficient to say that the regained possession of my Bible was the cause of my conversion. You see, he had a praying mother, and that is such a deep encouragement for me. Um, and as, you know, having a brother who's not saved, and I have a son who, he, he thinks he could be a Christian and not come to church. And so we just pray constantly for him. He's in, he's in this church journal and he knows he's in this journal and I've showed it to him and I've showed him the answered prayer because when things happen that we pray for I go look you see because God answers prayer he goes I know but my prayer is that he would deeply know Christ and my really prayer for for all of you prayer for the our, the college group that we work with 
that they would deeply, deeply know Christ because they are bombarded every day in the university with just wickedness, wicked thought, and not biblical thinking. And the, the other quick little story I wanted to just share uh, besides this one about answered prayer is that there's a young man in our college group who, when I was telling him, oh, I'm going to be doing this talk on prayer, he goes, oh, he goes, I just, I was at the thrift store and I picked up this book by Charles Spurgeon. And uh, he says, as I was thumbing through it, there was a picture that fell out. And it was a picture of a young man holding a little girl, a newborn. And on it, it said, God save them. And it was a mother had, had left this picture in this book, had donated it apparently, probably with some other books to the thrift store. And she had forgotten, she had left her picture in there of her son and her granddaughter. And so uh, this young man who he goes to Whitworth, he goes, so I'm gonna pray for him. And I go, awesome, send it to me because I'm gonna pray. So this mother has no idea that she's gained some more people to pray for her son and granddaughter, and our hope is uh, that when we get to heaven, we'll see them. And she doesn't even know that God has orchestrated more people to pray. So it's, ex it's exciting. So pray, you guys. My encouragement, pray. And, and if you don't have a prayer journal, you aren't going to remember, because we don't remember. We forget. And as we get older, we forget more. And we have to write it down. And there's sometimes I write things down. And later I come back and I go, why am I praying? That isn't, I don't really feel like that's what the Lord really wants me to do. And I'll scratch things out. And I'll write other things. But God answers prayer, you guys. And it's war. It's not easy. Because if you, if you go into it and it's easy, then you're probably not praying hard enough. You need to be praying. Do you have any, anybody else? Any other thoughts or questions or yay well praise the lord this was a great night